everyone, my name is Jordi Mueller and welcome to the Empower Women series of the month of July. Um, this time, uh, we actually have two guests, uh, one of our own here at Lexington Wealth Management. We have Carrie Luria, uh, Director. Uh, Carrie, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Jordi. Thanks for asking. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well, too. And uh, we also are very honored to have Pam Vodaro. How are you doing, Pam? I'm doing great. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, you're more than welcome, and, and it's a pleasure to have you, I think, for a second or third time now in our office uh, or in our events. Uh, not in our office. It was a cyber event. Um, for a topic that I, I personally am very interested in, even I do not have kids uh, or children or friends with kids going to college, but the entire conversation about how college admissions and just basically life in college is changing, I, I find it fascinating. So I'm, I'm very, very excited that you are spending some time with us this morning. Um, I want to start with a basic question, because for, for those that are listening that do not know uh, Pam's role in, in, in the life of the application for, for the students that she helps, um, uh, I'm assuming your life has changed, Pam, on just the way you approach this in the last few months. Um, can you explain to us a little bit how your job has changed? Uh, yes, I, I, of course, that's a great question. So the way my, my job has changed is I have to really watch the changes and what is going on, on a daily basis. Um, COVID has disrupted the college world in general. And as we go forward, I think there'll be a lot of different changes that have been needed um, in the college process. Um, so immediately right now, um, my juniors going into their senior year haven't been able to test. So there has been no SAT or ACT testing. The testing world is changing. Um, and so I keep you know, appraised of that and keep all of my clients informed and keep the kids, you know, as positive as they can be, helping uh, them along. Yeah, I, I, I can't help my, myself but to acknowledge that um, uh, Carrie, who's in the call, is going through this process herself. Uh, and she was also one of the attendees yesterday at the Empower Women Series event. And I, chatting with Pam before the call, I, I was sharing how me listening to just basically everything that needs to be in consideration right now uh, compared to 12 months ago, which was already an overwhelming process for students and parents, um, I, I was feeling uh, a little bit stressed myself. And in, not stressing like uh, I cannot manage this, but stressing like there are so many things I didn't think about that are part of the conversation uh, of the admission into college for this coming fall or actually in a year from now. So Carrie, this question is more, more directly to you. Uh, have you found having somebody like Pam with you through this process uh, valuable? It has been invaluable having Pam and I am working with her or rather Jackie is really the one who's working with her directly to help navigate this um, because 
having someone like Pam who is keeping up with a very fluid situation and all the changes that are happening um, because it's not the standard it's not the standard process right now for thinking about colleges evaluating colleges there are so many unknowns and having Pam stay on top of it um, and communicate that with us and help us stay on top of it has just been critical um, myself Steve and I'm sure many other parents of children who are in Jackie's situation are working full-time and don't have the bandwidth um, to stay on top of all of this so it's it's been tremendous Pam, I, I think this is a perfect segue to just um, clarify a little bit of how how does having somebody like you in this process uh, can help? Like, do you mind explaining kind of like where you take on what what your value is and uh, what does uh, an advisor in college admissions like you for students uh, can actually uh, do? Sure, I'd love to. So the, the main importance is to keep the students informed of what they need to do and when they need to do it. Um, keeping them on track and right now keeping them up and positive and informed as to the changes. And basically, um, we start with uh, assessing or using the assessments that they have on their um, Naviance, which is a software program that the kids have usually at every school. And we go through those and we talk about them. And we also make a testing plan and the testing plan helps them feel more confident and ready to um, understand when maybe they should tutor or and when they should get ready for the test. Um, and then after the testing plan, we go into um, picking out colleges based on the assessments and their interests of where they want to go. And then we start with a list and they start researching and I go through research with them, asking them questions that they may not have thought of. Um, we talk about the major interests that they have or minors that they're interested in or career paths. Some of them don't even have one and that's okay. Um, but I get them thinking about possibilities, um, direction, so that they have a better idea of what the colleges offer for majors, minors, programs, so forth. Um, and then after the research, they develop their, their tour list and I go through that with them, what makes sense, where they're touring. Um, they set up interviews. We get resumes ready for that. Um, and then we move on to essays and application work. And following that, we strategize our, our list. And after they're accepted to all of their colleges, we can talk about pro-con lists, or they usually, you know, some, some of them know where they want to go when the answer comes down. So that's it in a nutshell. Um, I kind of went through that really quickly. Um, of course, finances are also involved in that. Um, Depending on the family's finances, they may or may not want to apply to certain schools that may not have merit. Uh, most of my kids are would be looking at merit rather than need of kids that I work with. Hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's <laughs> it in a nutshell. I, I find it I find it kind of. Uh 
<laughs> I mean, I don't want to say comical, but when you say it's in a nutshell, it's like it's a huge nutshell because there yeah. is so much that it involves. It's it's like yeah. it's a whole process. Um, I do have to say, uh, I make that sound simple, Jordy. I know, but it's definitely not simple. <laughs> I'm just thinking, oh yeah, like we all have to go through that process at some point. I. Um, but you know what? I'll just can I just interject of course, and of say course. that that is the fact that Pam made it sound simple is the beauty of someone like Pam is taking this completely overwhelming foreign process new landscape and terrain and breaking it down into something that seems easy to manage um, hmm. and and I can tell you that for from our perspective it you know there's so much pressure on kids today for college, about college, um, you know, within families, within schools, even within communities. Where are you going? What are you thinking of? And yeah. and the kids just start to shut down so quickly. So working with someone like Pam and having a plan and having a path and having an outline becomes much more tangible. Okay, yeah. and, and it gives them confidence that, yeah, I, I can do this. this. This isn't that crazy of of an adventure and having a guide is paramount i um yeah. i i wanted to to add as well just just exactly to what you're saying here is like one of the things that that came out as a as an amazing insight yesterday at the event was that the parents don't become sometimes those those uh those folks that need to like keep the, the children on track and being pushed and then you can actually enjoy the last couple of years that you have with them uh, uh, mm-hmm. when you have somebody else keeping them on track and and I never thought about it that way because because looking back I do remember in my case in my in my home it was my mom and I was like oh mom like just uh, yes I did it yes I submitted and I just there was frustration right uh, I would have loved to have somebody that uh, that was not in my family so I could just focus on other stuff with my parents in the last year that I was uh, at home mm-hmm. Marty, uh, if I could add one other thing um, so you asked me what you know why why would someone you know want to employ me uh, you know the thing that I enjoy the most and my number one, for what I do is reducing stress for parents and kids. Hmm. That is my number one goal with a student. Um, To the point where if you employ others to do this work, they're not giving out their, um, you know, their phone numbers so that the kids can text them from school. I do that. Um, And you know what? The kids don't abuse that. They text me when they get nervous about something they may have heard at the in in school, or they heard a news report and they're wondering, you know, what does this mean for me? Am I still doing the right thing? Did I miss a beat? Or, you know, if we're working on essays, they may text me and say, "I just came up with the greatest idea. What do you think of this?" Um, so, yeah, that's why yesterday when. Um, people were asking me questions. I end up considering them my kids. They can ask me whatever they want to ask me, whenever they they want to ask me. They know that if it's in the middle of the night, they may not get an answer until the morning, but um, they know I'm here for them. I and And that makes me feel super great. And the parents, I believe, Carrie can speak to this, um, I feel they do as well, because sometimes parents have different concerns. Um, 
unrelated to what their student is thinking about. And we have conversations um, there as well. So just to just to let you know where I come from in terms of why do I like my job? It's my job. I enjoy most reducing the stress. And I think that's why it's kind of difficult right now, because not only was it a stressful process, but it's become even even more so because things aren't either happening at all or and they're wondering what's to come. And sometimes I can't answer that for them, right? Because COVID is fluid and things change on a daily basis. For example, I'll even give you an example, like in terms of Jackie, Carrie's daughter, um, she was interested in a particular school and that school um, is closing down to two areas that she was interested, two other states that they had campuses, they're closing it down. So, you know, I had to let her know about that. That just happened. So you're going to see more of that. But if you don't have somebody on watching this, like I literally spend an hour going through these updates to see what's pertaining to which student that I have. So, So yeah. Um, one of the things, uh, and, and, and thank you for clarifying that, I, I want to kind of like maybe shift a little bit of the conversation into like what we have learned in the last couple of months with the current status of some of these colleges uh, based on what you know and what we have heard at Lexington, uh, because there were some really positive insights yesterday that I think for parents and kids, uh, and I, say, I keep saying kids, but these are high school young adults, uh, they need to be aware of. Uh, one, one specifically that came to mind was like, how are colleges looking at extracurricular activities? Because in my head, that would be one of the areas that are most affected uh, by COVID-19 all across the country. And listening to your suggestions, Pam, gave me like this new perspective on possibilities on what children and kids in, in high school right now can be doing to, to get ahead of their own uh, curve that they're needing to fight right now. So do, uh, do you mind expanding on that topic? Yeah, so right now, you know, a lot of the programs were, you know, canceled that some of the kids signed up for. It might have been a camp that they always go to and work at or their own jobs were were put on hold because of COVID. They're, you know, stores are cutting, you know, how many people are working there. They're not even opening. Um, so, so what do they do? Um, even community service programs, to some extent, they may not be safe for the kids to go to. So what can they do? They can, I tell them to think about their interests and maybe they want to research a certain topic or if they're a reader, they could, you know, read books that they're interested in. They could, if they're interested in science, they can do some research. Um, there are on online college free classes that they could look into. Um, they could even look in their neighborhood who needs help. Maybe they could do grocery shopping for some elderly people that can't get out or disabled people that can't get out or are compromised. Um, some students are tutoring kids in their neighborhood because they, when they were um, taking virtual classes, they didn't catch on to some of the material and they can, the, the high school kids can tutor those students. I have musicians that one, one student 
um, started a band with a couple of friends and they play outside. Um, so they need to think more simply about what they could be doing to either investigate interests or help people in the community or further their knowledge on, on a particular subject. It doesn't have to be the, you know, Olympics. They can find something simple to help out with. And also some kids are babysitting for siblings while their parent works that's a job um that's going to be reported as um something that they did during the summer yeah that you was know, that was amazing for me and, and i think that that uh clark that that push or that uh suggestion that you did yesterday of like record and write down what you're doing is something yep. that gets overlooked often I, I'm, I'm assuming this happens to you carrie as well that some things that are uh i would say just what we consider home chores or right now they're changing to be higher responsibility especially for young adults we would have never considered of writing them down in a resume but now they are becoming part of what universities are seeing well, and they also want to see what was canceled that you were signed up to do. That is also going to be reported. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so uh, I have a, a similar question, but is 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 kind of regarding of what topic that we have heard often uh, within our clients, which is the conversation about skipping next year and doing a gap year. Uh, it, what does that look like? And, and if it's something that you're seeing within your own students that you are uh, advising, or is it something more like a conversation, but nobody's actually doing it? Uh, what's, your, what's your take on this, Pam? Yeah, so, um, it, you know, at this point in time, colleges are going to be really specific about who they allow to take gap years. Um, because if, you know, it could be a rolling ball at that point because there, some colleges are not even saying, are we going to be on campus or virtual? So most of the colleges have deadlines to apply for a deferred year. Um, and that was June 1, most of them. Hmm. Um, in terms of doing a gap year, this year would be real difficult because the gap years usually have to be written out and, and very detailed. Okay, you can have a gap year, but what are you doing with that gap year? And then the college will look at what is the plan? Why aren't you coming on campus? What will you be doing that's going to benefit you and the college when you re return that next year? Um, so it has to be a real detailed plan. And at this point, you're not really going to be able to travel abroad at this point. Um, you probably can't get a job. And, you know, maybe you could take an online class, but why wouldn't you go on campus for that? So at this point, gap years would be few and far between. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great, a great clarification because I, I do want to remind people listening that a gap year by essence or by like nature was supposed to uh, be in place so you have a plan to do something else uh, most, right. most of the time people would do it or a year of community service or city years or at an actual traveling abroad uh, situation and that's kind of like the essence of a gap year but if those are not available uh, a gap year from my understanding cannot be used just to like skip going to college this year <laughs> it has to be with a purpose uh, that's yeah. That's right. Uh, okay. 
Um, the, the next thing I, I, and this is like the last two questions just that I want to address uh, before we leave, is uh, this is very fluid. So this changes, as you say, almost on a weekly basis on what colleges are deciding. Um, and where or how do you think parents should start or should think about making decisions for their kids, not not necessarily for the fall right now, but for the year after? Like, like how should they approach this conversation? Should they go back to like uh, the same steps of like what you like to do, core values, uh, goals, or there are different factors to be considered at this point in time in, in starting the process of admissions? Yep. So for, so that would be for like Jackie's daughter right now. She'll be. Carrie's daughter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Jackie's daughter. That's really planning ahead. That's really. Yeah. So that age group. So going into 2021. Exactly. Um, yes. That. So right now we just treat this situation as is what with the knowledge that we have because we don't even know what's going to happen in the fall of this year hmm. so we move ahead as we would um and find out this will be very telling the fall will be very telling um to find out when is the situation at college is going to change will it be the spring semester um, you know, what will happen with vaccines? How will the campus change? I mean, that is just fluid and you can't tell what's going to happen. So what we will do is just go forward with the knowledge that we have, thinking that the world will go back to normal and move along as updates come. Hmm. That, that's all we can do. Um, Carrie, how do you feel? Um uh, when, when hearing those kind of answers, because uh, I mean, you are going through this. I, I, I mean, it gives me some level of anxiety, of course, um, but it's, I also recognize it's completely out of anyone's control at this point. So you just have to be reasonable and you have to kind of plan on different contingencies. So, of course, we are all hoping and assuming that a year from now we'll the world will be in a very different place and Jackie will be free to roam about and, and go to the college that she chooses and in the mindset that she had laid out where I'm going to be going to a college, I'm going to be living on campus, I'm going to be going to classes physically and um, you know the, the hardest part is for most kids the college experience is such a formative time where they you know they meet people and I is and and it just really gives them a base and the thought of that not being what we traditionally thought it was going to is, is unnerving I think for everybody parents and students alike but you know to Pam's point we are all in this together we're doing the best that we can based on the information that we have and everybody just has to be patient and flexible and, and keep an open mind um, and it's it's not something that we have the power to to really change so you just have to go with it (laughs) yeah i i think uh uh, i think you mentioned it yesterday on the event pam was that um people tend to feel they're alone and stressed and and anxious uh, about this particular topic 
but everybody's in the same boat. So it's kind of like when, when people are, uh, and especially parents with kids in this, in this situation, they feel like their kids uh, are going to have a different experience. Uh, then mm-hmm. There tends to be a little bit of forgetfulness of that. Yes, compared to us, compared to, to, to you as a parent, but all of them are in the same boat at the same time. So, so right. we'll see how, right. how this plays out as a generation, right? Exactly. Yes. And, um, you know, I think that we just have to take it one day at a time and see how things go. And I do believe that things will change. And I'm and I'm thinking that the process might even change for the better. And hmm. I'm hoping. That- well, uh, I we all hope I think that. <laughs> um, yeah. So thank you so much for your time, Pam. Uh, yesterday's event and, and just this conversation has been really useful. Uh, I feel people will have questions and they might uh, try to get more resources. So so we'll share your information, the notes of this podcast. Uh, we'll also share it uh, on the email that goes out to everybody following up the, the event. Uh, so, But I, I do want to thank you uh, for your time. Well, thank you for having me. I really enjoyed Uh, answering questions and talking about college advising i've enjoyed it so much for having yeah i was gonna say and carrie thank you for sharing your personal experience too absolutely i'm happy to do so So, thank you (laughs) for everybody listening this was the empower women series of the month of july on college admissions until next time my name is jordan miller and hope you have a great day Lexington Wealth Management is a group of investment professionals registered by Hightower Securities LLC, member FINRA and SIPC. And with Hightower Advisors LLC, a registered independent investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk. And there is no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referred herein will be profitable. Past performance is not indicative of current or future performance and is not guaranteed. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data and information referenced herein are from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analysis, prices, or other information contained in this research is provided as a general market commentary and does not constitute investment advice. Lexington Wealth Management and Hightower shall not in any way be liable for claims and make no express or implied representation or warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the data on other information or for statements or errors contained in or omissions from the obtained data and information referenced herein. The data and information are provided as a date of reference. Such data and information are subject to change without notice. This document was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed are solely those of Lexington Well Management and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors LLC or any of its affiliates.